to you. A really warm welcome to you this evening as we come to our monthly Bible study. And uh, this, this month we're continuing to just walk through that hymn, Yet Not I. And we'll be coming to that in a while. The psalmist says these words, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed tell of the, the Lord, sorry, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hands of the foe. Those he gathered up from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. That sense there, the psalmist saying to the redeemed, those who love Jesus, tell your story. Tell your story. And tonight as we go through this hymn, we're going to be telling our faith story. Our faith story that Jesus makes a difference. Jesus transforms lives. Let's start by singing an opening song, which is that uh, lovely song, Beautiful Lord, Wonderful Saviour, and reminds us that we give our lives to the potter's hands. We stand as we sing. We come to God in prayer. I wonder, did we sing that song as a song or as a prayer? It's a dangerous prayer to pray. But Lord, tonight we come to you. And Lord, tonight we come and we say you are a beautiful Lord. You are a wonderful saviour. And we do know for sure that all of our days are held in your hand, crafted by your perfect plan. And Lord, we thank you that you have a perfect plan. But into that perfect plan, you call us. And Lord, we want to respond tonight by saying, praise you, Lord, thank you. Because your plan for us is so much greater than what we could ever dream for for ourselves. And so, Lord, tonight, into this service, into this time of study of your scripture, Lord, may we just have that passion of excitement that you are among us. And you, Lord, are at work within us. Lord, come by your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're looking at the second verse of Yet Not I, and I hope on the PowerPoint in a moment will come the words, but you can see it on the song sheet if you've got a song sheet. This is it, and I have my beautiful assistant. I've cho changed my beautiful assistant this month. I've got Jan. Um, I'm not going to comment on the comparative beauty, because I'm not silly. <laughs> but what we're going to do is, like we did last month, you remember we looked at it, and I asked the question, where in the Bible do you see these thoughts from this hymn? The night is dark, but I am not forsaken. For by my side, the Saviour, he will stay. I labour on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need his power is displayed. Who can think of a Bible story, Bible verse, something that will remind you? If you think of something, if you put your hand up, Jam will race towards you at one mile an hour. And um, we'll, we just have the microphone to just uh, so that everybody here and online can hear your wisdom. Where in the Bible do you see some of those thoughts, concepts? Thank you. John Brown was the first off the mark. If you could just take your mask down because the microphone will kick, pick you up slightly when you're talking. Where it says, I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need his power is displayed. Thinking about the Apostle Paul writing, talking about the affliction he had which he prayed uh, to the Lord to, to remove that affliction from him. And God said, no, 
doesn't your weakness, my power is displayed. And that, that came to mind immediately. Thank you very much. Hannah. Thinking about um, Job, a man who had lost everything, a man who was, uh, who was almost made um, an example of by God, but his faith consistently unwavering. You know, how, how he had so much taken away from him, one after the other, after the other, but he believed that there was a reason behind it. He believed that God was always with him and he believed that God was doing something. Him. Thank you. Samuel. At the first part, I said the night is dark, but I'm not forsaken. For by my side, the Savior will stay. It reminds me of Psalm 23, where it said, Even if I go through darkest darkness, I will not be afraid, Lord, for you are with me. Your shepherd, Lord, and staff protect me. And this is personal to me. Because the time I walked in the shadow of death, in the valley of death, I thought I was a gunner. And the Lord was constantly reassuring me for the moment I had my attack to mm. now. Thank you. Thank you, Samuel. Anybody else? Over the side? Trouble? I don't know whether this is a, a Bible verse, but uh, in the Bible it says Jesus will never leave us or forsake us. And when I lost my husband and was alone in the house, I took with me uh, a saying that's been with me ever since. is what you know to be true in the day. Do not, um, what's the word? Doubt in the night? Don't, do not doubt in the dark. Mm. And I've taken that with me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Anybody else? Matt. I think of Elijah in the first bit, um, where he's really struggling, and God's just like, no, you need to rest, you need to eat, you need to just stop. I just sort of... Reminds me of how even in those darkest times when we just really want to carry on and keep busy, God knows exactly what we need. And sometimes he just says, yeah, you need to stop. And that's really important to remember. Thank you. Really powerful scripture, that one of Elijah, just after Mount Carmel. And God saying, right, now rest. Now exercise. Now eat. Those things. God really cared. Anybody else? Okay, we'll go on to the next slide now, if we can. And sorry, Jan, you sat down. This is the second slide. To, to this I hold, my shepherd will defend me. Through the deepest valley he will lead. Oh, the night has been won, and I shall overcome. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Anybody, any scriptures, anything there that sort of strikes a bell on that, those words? John, thank you. Jan's on the way. Yeah, again, Sam mentioned it, I think, already, but um, the first part of that, very much a reminder of Psalm 23 um, uh, for, for me. Thank you. Yeah. Anybody else? Thank you. Just behind you there, yeah. Um, to this I hope my shepherd will defend me through the deepest valley he will lead. Um, I will say the entire Psalm 91, yeah. 1 to 16. Can you just give us a quick synopsis of what that says? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of my Lord, he is my... He is my Exactly. I can't remember. Yeah. That's fine. No, that's great. But thank you. Just yeah. a thousand yeah. might fall at your side yeah. and ten thousand at your right hand. He will always be there with you, and he will not allow. He will always give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of, all of your ways. 
Thank you. That is superb. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Matt? So where it says, the night has been won and I shall overcome, I just was reminded of these last verses from Revelation 22. The angel showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal. The river flows from the throne of God and the Lamb. It flows down the middle of the streets of the city. The tree of life is on each side of the river, and it produces fruit every month, 12 times a year. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing that God judges guilty will be there in that city. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city. God's servants will worship him. They will see his face. God's name will be written on their foreheads. There will never be night again. People will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun. The Lord God will give them light, and they will rule like kings forever and ever. Thank you very much, Matt. Yeah? Right, I'm going that way for... Oh. <laughs> I, think, um, I think we're reminded in Romans 8 about that we're more than conquerors in Christ. Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Mm. And no, we are told that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ and that we're more than conquerors. And I find that a very reassuring scripture. Thank you very much. Vicky was waving. It was the sense that there was young David faced with Goliath, unable to wear the, you know, the armor that, that Saul had asked him to wear. And that, yet he was there as a shepherd. He understood that whole sense of you know, defending and looking after his flock and that kind of sense there of, oh, it's just switched, just switched slides. Can we, no, go, can back we go back to the other slide? Don't know why it went, but yep, that's fine. But it was talking about the shepherd and he knew the ultimate shepherd. He was, you know, in his role against, as a shepherd, he understood what it was to defend and there he was, you know, faced, facing Goliath and yet he was trusting in God. That's what it reminded me of. Thank you very much. Was there anybody else who wanted to say anything? Yeah, John again, and then, yep, okay. Oh, sorry, George as well. Uh, I also uh, think about Stephen when he was being stoned by the mob, and when he lifted his eye and he saw Jesus by the right-hand side of God, he knew for sure that his shepherd was always watching over him. Thank you, thank you. John. John 3, 16, just the first part of this, I hold my shepherd will defend me. That uh, in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And in that sense, we're, we're defended. We have our defender in Christ through that promise of eternal life. Thank you. Just back again. Sorry. Um, just the last line there, um, Galatians 2.20. I think we did that the last time. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So we've got lots of ideas. I don't need to write these, do I? We can, they self-write these uh, things as we go through. But that sense that it's just such a wonderful hymn of faith. Before we hear God's scripture read to us, we're going to sing that modern, shorter chorus, Faithful One, so unchanging. We're going to say, see, as we sing it, sing it as a prayer, as we recognize God is faithful, and he is our faithful one. Good evening, church. Today's reading is from Psalm 107 starting at verse 10 to verse, to verse 16. Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they had rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labour. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men.
for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. We thank God for his word. Thank you, Colin. And so we start to walk through this verse again. The day, night is dark, but I am not forsaken. For by my side, the Saviour, he would stay. We all think of darkness as a negative thing, don't we? When I was growing up, um, I used to love walking along the cliff tops of Tor Bay or walking across Dartmoor. And we used to go camping on Dartmoor as I did training for my competitive hiking that I used to do a lot of. And uh, we would go up onto Dartmoor. And there's something special about the cliff tops of Tor Bay or the remoteness. There was this place in Tor Bay called Walls Hill where you could get in totally lost in total darkness and not see a thing. And the same was true on Dartmoor, where you didn't have light pollution. And the darkness would be there. And then you would see a star. The glimmer of a, a star behind a cloud, or the moon. And you'd feel, wow. As the light broke through the darkness. And I used to love being out late in the night in total darkness. You never get it around here. There's too much light pollution. Just in the wilds. Because although it was totally dark and you could not see where you were walking and you had to be careful, particularly when you were bog hopping across Dartmoor, which is absolutely wonderful and I commend it to anyone. But the sense of there's glimmers of light in the clouds. And for the believer in Jesus, there's that same point of going through darkness. And we often say, we don't want to go through darkness. It's frightening, it's scary. And often we don't want to go into a dark place because we don't know what is in there. But we do. We do know what's in the darkness. God is in the darkness. The Saviour, he who would never let us go, is in the darkness. He is there before us. And he will lead us to light. And the psalm that Colin read talked about some sitting in darkness, utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains, but then crying out to the Lord and light coming in there. And God bringing them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and breaking chains. An amazing psalm that reminds us that even in the darkest times, God will lead us. One of the great things about camping and camping out in the darkest of places and walking across the cliff tops of Tor Bay is you know it will not be dark in a few hours. Light will come. And there's something amazing about the first light of day you ever been somewhere watching the sun rise? It was not long before Vicky and I moved to Romford. Um, we lived in Didcot before that. Now Didcot's famous for many things, including being the most ordinary town in Britain. The most normal town. Why did I live there? I don't know. But one thing we had was a great big power station. And one night they were going to blow up the towers. And they decided to do it in the middle of the night so people would not be there to watch it and it would be safer. 
well, I have never seen Didcot so busy. And we all got up early because we heard rumours it was going to be at four o'clock in the morning. So we were all up and we went to places we could see these chimneys which were going to come down. And we, there were crowds of people around. And as we stood there, we could see the silhouettes. And then the sun started rising. And there was that amazing morning light as things started to come. And the one thing about morning light, what does it do? It wakes up all the birds. So it also becomes really noisy. And it revealed that which we were looking for. And the explosion did happen about seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> After we'd been waiting there hours to see this. Darkness will always be followed by light. There is always hope. Christ will always be in the darkness. And the night is dark, but I am not forsaken. Luke's Gospel in chapter 1, verse 79 says, To shine on those living in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the sense that Jesus came to shine in a dark world and reveal the light. Reveal the light. In John's Gospel, at the beginning of John's Gospel, what's called the prologue of his Gospel, there is that long phrase, the first 13 verses, which starts off with these words, isn't it? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was, with, was God. And he was God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was light to all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome that sense that the light of Christ has not been overcome I remember once going down some caves with the family and you know the cave guides, they take you down these caves and that. And then they said, stand very still. I'm now going to show you what total darkness looks like. And they turned off the lights. You could put your hand up right against your face. You could not even see that shadow. It was totally dark. And then he got out of his pocket a cigarette lighter and just lit the smallest of flames. And he said, no matter how dark it is, you can still see that flame. And as Christians, and it feels like it's very appropriate for this time, at this time in our world's history, however dark it might feel, the darkness will not overcome the light. The light will triumph. In John chapter 12, Jesus says in verse 46, I have come into the world as light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. I have come into the world as light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. And Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. That sense of you were once different, but now you are children of light. Live like it. 
Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. And the final verse on this, and I could have chosen so many more. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's just the first line of this verse. But what an important line that is. The night is dark, but I am not forsaken. You see, God does not forsake his children. God never leaves his children. Deuteronomy verse 31, sorry, chapter 1, 31, verse 6. Shall I say that again in case anybody's writing it down and you get the right line, numbers. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave or forsake you. There are many people who've made promises never to let you down. And I'm sure all of us can actually list people who've told us they'd never let us down and they've done just that. They've let us down. But God's got a 100% track record of not letting his people down. I love, I love Joshua 1.9. You all know this verse. But of course it's referring back to the Deuteronomy verse. And it starts off with these words. Have I not commanded you? Because there's a rebuke, isn't it? Have I not commanded you? Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. That sense of, look, stop being wusses. That's from the Greek. <laughs> stop being limp believers. Because God has not just said, I won't leave you. He has commanded us to live in the light of that we will not be left. We will have him with us always. As we was going around, we kept talking about the Psalms, and there's another Psalm here. Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And jumping right to the New Testament into Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 and 6, it says this. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? They echo back to the Psalms there from the New Testament. As I said, there's so many more verses we can look at with this, but that sense that in those first couple of lines, the night is dark, but I am not forsaken, for by my side, the Saviour, he will stay. I was writing something for something I'm doing in a few months' time this afternoon. And I wrote these words because, uh, yeah, God's got a plan for your life. As he has for all of us. 
And we often think that we've messed up God's plan. And I wrote, don't worry, you're not that big. You're not that strong to mess up God's plan for your life. And God will stay. And God will stay. And then the hymn goes on with these words, I labour on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need his power is displayed. That sense of labouring on in weakness. And I think all of us go on sometimes feeling, oh, we can't do anything. We're struggling. What use are we? I read an article in the newspaper earlier this week about the imposter syndrome. You've probably heard of the imposter syndrome, where you're, you're worried that one day people will find out that you're a total fraud and that you can't do anything that you think you can. And it's called the imposter syndrome. It's a thing that's out there. And the sense that, you know, me as a minister probably worries all my time that one day the church will realise I'm not, not a very good minister. And, you know, that will happen. Or, you know, Samuel is an accountant and that, you know, somebody will notice one day that he can't actually add up the numbers. And, you know, uh, and that sense of when we are feeling down, that voice in our head is going, ah, oh, you're rubbish. You're rubbish. And I think everybody suffers with that voice in their head at times, don't we? You're not worth it. You're worth nothing. But Jesus says, you're everything. You're precious. And he loves you. And yes, you maybe feel weak, but in Christ... You are strong. A group of students was planning to do an evangelistic campaign on their university campus. And so, as all Christians do, let's have a meeting to discuss it. Where there's two or three Christians, there will be a preach and a meeting. And they were so disappointed because only five people turned up to this meeting. And they were totally disheartened. And one of the students says, brilliant. With us five in guard, we've got them outnumbered. See, God is bigger. And multiplying fish and bread to feed 5,000. And stilling a storm because of frightened disciples. And taking a boy's sandwich or whatever God does. A widow's oil in the Old Testament and fills every jar she can find. In our weakness, God's power will be displayed. In our weakness, God's power is displayed. Paul, the super apostle of the New Testament who seems to be have it all worked out, doesn't he? He said these words. When Paul was having a moment, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Sometimes we feel our weakness is a negative. Have you watched any of the Paralympics yet? Mad people who can't see racing down a 
slalom course on skis with just the dot of a person in front of them who they're following. You think, yet, in their weakness, they just trust and go for it. And I want to say, sometimes being more real about our weakness, we will see more of God at work. Sometimes seeing more, being more real about our weakness, we will see more of God at work. Because while we think we can do it in our own strength and not let God in, we will always only achieve what we can do. But when we come, and in the words of that first song, we, you know, take me, melt me, use me, put my hands into my life into the potter's hands. When we do that, and God says, right, okay, now I can use him, so much more is accomplished because it's what God is doing through us. That last line of the song, yet not I, but Christ in me. It's not about what I can do, it's what Christ can do through me. And so this goes on, this song. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me. Through the deepest valley, he will lead. Jesus is the good shepherd. And in John 10, it, Jesus writes or says these words, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lies down for life for the sheep. And then he goes on to talk about the hired hand. They won't do that. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And so the sense that Jesus himself has come to say that he will lay his life down for his sheep. And of course he's using the metaphor there of the New Testament shepherd. Vicky and I used to have a friend. Well, we still got a friend. He's still a friend. But he used to be a shepherd. When we lived in Norfolk, his job was a shepherd. And, you know, just speaking to a shepherd and understanding the stupidity of sheep, they are stupid creatures. They really are. I mean, going back to my Dartmoor days, they'd wait till you nearly got them and then walk out in front of you. You know, you wonder why there's so much mutton across Dartmoor. But Jesus takes this illustration of the shepherd defending the stupid sheep. And of course there were wolves to defend from. And the shepherd would put themselves between the wolves and the sheep. That's what protecting the sheep meant. And the shepherds would do that for their sheep because that, that's their livelihood. They need those sheep. That's what's going to keep them alive. And so the wolf is going to not get through to the sheep. In the same way, Jesus says, and I am the good shepherd, and I will lay down my life for my sheep. My sheep being the followers of Jesus, the followers of God. And not only did he say it, he did it. He did it. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me. And the defense was dying. But we also read in the scripture that today, he is interceding on our behalf. He is defending. 
And Satan will want to come and point the finger and say to God, the Father, you see that Ian, he's no good. Do you know how much trouble he got into last week? Do you know how he messed up? And Jesus will be saying, in my defense, I died for him. He's forgiven. So these words, my shepherd will defend me, is not just about defending me as a shepherd would defend the sheep in life. The shepherd is defending me today. And he's defending you as well. What an awesome Again, there's so many scriptures we could go through in the defense. Ruth 2, 12. May the Lord repay you for what you've done. May you be richly rewarded from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have taken refuge. And the sense there of refuge. And there are many psalms we could have taken. And... Thank you, Samuel. Psalm 23 was on there, but I missed that one out deliberately to highlight some of the others. <laughs> but you're right, you know, the valley of the shadow of death in Psalm 23. But Psalm 3, 3. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. Psalm 5, 11. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing, sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. I also listed Psalm 1830, Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then Psalm 32, verse 7. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. I listed so many more which we haven't got time to do. Uh, Psalm 34, 22, Psalm 41, 2, Psalm 46, 1, Psalm 57, etc., etc., etc. This song is full of biblical references. God leads us. To this I hold. My shepherd will defend me. Through the deepest valley he will lead. Oh, the night has been won. And I shall overcome, yet not I, but through Christ in me. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, my baptismal verse, all those many many years ago, 41 years ago next month. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Praise God for that. About the same time I had a t-shirt that you could buy at Spring Harvest those years. And it said on it, be patient with me, God's not finished with me yet. Unfortunately, God's still not finished with me, but the t-shirt wore out. But please, still be patient with me. And with one another. And with ourselves. Because it's not what we can accomplish. What Christ will accomplish in us. As we come.
come to prayer, we're going to sing the 23rd Psalm. So it wasn't forgotten entirely. We're going to sing the more modern translation at the Stuart Townsend. I will trust in you alone. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. Let's stand as we sing this one. Lord, we thank you for your scriptures, for the word, and for our hope that comes from that. And Lord, as we've been thinking about the concepts of light and darkness, Lord, tonight we bring Ukraine to you. Lord, we just bring that nation. And Lord, we pray for peace. Lord, for all who are fleeing for their lives, we pray for safety. For all who are fearing the night, we pray your presence with them. Lord, we pray for the Prime Minister of Ukraine and all the politicians that you will give them wisdom insight and faith in you we pray for our sisters and brothers in the Ukrainian churches who are choosing to serve those in need at this time Lord, we thank you for the 400 Baptist churches that have become places of refuge in Ukraine alone. But Lord, we pray for an outpouring of peace upon that nation. We pray, Lord, that evil will be overcome with light. Hatred with love. Lord, we pray for those people we know who are going through dark times at the moment. We particularly continue to pray for Ken and the family, for Pauline and Kevin and the family as they plan for Pauline's father's funeral next week. We pray for Michelle Benjamin and her family after her father passed away recently. Lord, we pray for Felicia's family in Nigeria following the vicious attack in their home where her youngest niece was killed and her older niece is fighting for her life. Lord, be with that family. And Lord, we pray you'll be with those others we know who need a touch from you. Lillian, for Brian, for Maureen, for Iris, for Linda, for Cynthia, for Ron. Comfort them, Lord, we pray. And Lord, for ourselves, we pray that we will know your hand upon us and your guidance. We bring our prayers in the name of Jesus. I just remind you that if you are able to join us on Wednesday evening on Zoom, we will have our Wednesday evening where we're going to be looking at um, the um, 
still and during our Lent. We're just going to spend some time being still and how we do our private studies. And the information's on the notice sheet and you are welcome to join us for that. We also have our Wednesday lunchtime service at uh, 12.45 and uh, that will be um, here in the church, short half hour, just to stop the week, to pray and to just look at scripture together. And uh, just checking I've got the main things on this. If you look at the notice sheet, there's some information on how you can give to Ukrainian support. We decided not to take up a special offering in the church, many are doing that, but to signpost to mission agencies who are working right on the ground, and you can use that however you want. And this morning, uh, we um, did that uh, thing over there, praying for Ukraine, and uh, people were writing prayers on those flags, and they're all stuck there, and that's our prayer for Ukraine. But we also were giving out sunflower seeds, because the sunflower is the national flower of the Ukraine. And if you want to take some sunflower seeds, there's a plate of them by the store. You can take them, you can plant them in your garden, or you can do some planting somewhere else, I don't mind. But it'd be great just to see as these sunflowers come up that we're praying for Ukraine and the nation of Ukraine. So feel free to take some. I understand that somebody was complaining it looked like muesli. Very similar. Um, I'm not sure I'd eat those particular ones that have not been prepared at food quality, but, you know, that's what they are. And thank you all for the offerings, and uh, as usual, you can give by card or in the boxes as you go out if you feel able. But it's been good to see you tonight. God bless you, and we're just going to sing a final hymn, the hymn we've been studying tonight. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer. Hopefully through the studies these words are becoming richer to us as we just understand a bit more of what they're about. We stand as we sing what gift of grace.